My Take Radio Behind the Mic is an interview series focusing on internet broadcasting luminaries ranging from podcasters, vloggers, vidcasters, stand-up comedians, anybody who's behind a microphone sharing their story. This week we have Larry Mack and Jedi from Video Game News Radio who have their own sports podcast, Cleveland Sports Radio, which of course focuses on local Cleveland area sports, but also branches out into mixed martial arts and also covers mainstream sports stories as well. I'm glad Jedi and Larry took time out of their busy schedules to share a little bit of their process with the MTR listeners. Without any further ado, my take radio behind the mic with Larry and Jedi from Cleveland Sports Radio starts right now. This is My Take Radio's Behind the Mic. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rich. Welcome to a brand new installment of My Take Radio's Behind the Mic interview series. This week, I'm joined by two longtime friends of MTR, uh, Jedi Hillis, who you guys may have heard uh, do a couple of shows on MTR with Kevin, popping in, talking MMA, talking gaming, and, of course, Larry Mack, who's... Um, stylings you've seen on MyTakeRadio.com, particularly a lot of comic reviews as of late. Larry is a uh, film geek a gamer, and definitely passionate about Cleveland sports, which is what we're going to talk about their show, Cleveland Sports Radio. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Going? So um, I'm glad to see you guys are still keeping the torch of CSR alive. I know you guys have been at it a long time, and it's continued to evolve. Um, I know Cleveland's been in the news as of late with uh, the signings of Johnny Manziel and, of course, uh, LeBron James, quote-unquote, heading home. So um, before we get into that and break that down a little bit, uh, just give our listeners a little bit of background about CSR. Um, Larry, if you want to run with the ball first. Cool. Um, well, CSR was basically, um, you know, it, it came out of the, the video game news family. Uh, I, I, I think Kevin spun it out basically as a way to shut me up so I, was, I would stop trying to talk sports during his gaming show. <laughs> um, or so that Anderson and I would stop talking sports during Midwest Wastelands. Um and also because I'm a, I'm a sad, pathetic person, and sometimes pe- he feels bad for me and wants to give me a bone. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we launched Cleveland Sports Radio in, holy hell, it was like 2008, I guess now? Yep, which, I believe it was 2000. Uh, I think it was September 2008, if I remember. Which is just kind of ridiculous. Um, I am not going to lie and say that I have your tenacity. There have been some hiatuses, some yes. lull, but... Um, much like Cleveland sports itself, the show keeps uh, kicking, keeps on coming back for more abuse. And uh, I brought on Jedi. Well, Jedi, I don't know, jo- joined the group at some point. I'm not going to pretend I remember when um, because I don't do my homework for these things. <laughs> and, uh, e- even though now it- it's Cleveland sports radio with one guy who lives in the Cleveland suburbs and one guy who lives in Arizona. Um, as you said, Jedi comes in. He, he he talks MMA because I can barely put together a coherent MMA sentence. Um, we both commiserate when our teams play crappy, uh, which which I get to do more often than he does because it is Cleveland sports and all our teams are crappy. <laughs> uh, it, it's just uh, each week you you can check us out and listen to me rant, 
weep and gnash my teeth. There you go. All right, so let me let me flip it to Jedi. I know Jedi came into the CSR party a little late, but you know he was a VGN mainstay. Hell, I remember when I started listening to VGN, and and Jedi always had question of the week. Uh, huh. he'd, he'd chime in with a lot of stuff. Uh, my my relationship with Jedi goes pretty far back. Uh, I got to meet Jedi when they came down for a New York field trip. Jedi, I believe, was in a wedding, and we got to check out New York Comic Con together. It was great to to meet the fellas face to face, and. Um, Jedi, what what made you want to jump into the uh, the CSR pool, so to speak? I know you've been a, a video game mainstay forever, and you know your passion for MMA definitely does not go unnoticed. What made you want to jump in with Larry and run CSR? Sure. Um, yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, I started off very much like yourself, a fan of VGN. You know, just just a listener, somebody who chimed in. Um, had the pleasure of getting on the show a few times uh, before Kevin blacklisted me, like he did now. <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, as far as as far as Cleveland sports radio is concerned, I actually don't remember either when um, Larry asked me on because I mean, Larry, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it you and Kevin when you first started, and then it just was you something along those lines? It was originally me, Kevin, and Donnie because yep. Donnie gave us the the legendary Donnie snoring into the mic because it's right. during the show episode, right? And uh, exactly. Yeah, Ke- Kevin kind of came to the conclusion that you know what, I mostly just sit here and have nothing to say because. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So why don't you go ahead and run with it? Because you know, sure, I, I handle responsibility so well. <laughs> so that 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 um that opened up the door for me to come on, and um, I wasn't particularly looking to be a part of CSR. I just um I just I just Larry asked me to do it, and just like yourself, I've built a relationship with Larry um, through Video Game News Radio, um, and so we've collaborated and things like that. Excuse me, and um, and I thought it sounded like fun, and um, it's. It's good that I have one sport that I can talk about because MMA is sort of my expertise. If you listen to the show, um, yep. although I don't claim to be um, the expert that you are, Rich, you probably oh, I'm not an expert, dude. I am <laughs> a I am a well opinionated pundit. The term journalist expert, I try not to even hide under those umbrellas because a the umbrella is too small and my personality is too big. So I go. try I try not to do that, but um. You know, you're you're passionate about the sport. I, you know, your your passion. I see it all throughout social media. You're very vocal. I mean, when they announced that uh, the UFC was heading to Arizona, you were the first one. Yeah, I'm there. You know, you were hype, oh, and yeah, and yeah, it's absolutely. it's great, man. You know, it's it's a great passion for the sport. Um, Larry also, Larry Larry's editorials and his commentary, even on the Cleveland sports scene, is good to see because a lot of people they they automatically jump on board to claim fandom for a certain local team and then when that team does bad you never hear a peep out of them Uh, you know i always hear larry in the trenches good bad or otherwise say something about uh cleveland sports as a whole and you know that's always good to see definitely definitely yeah so just coming on the show you know i guess larry thought enough about me to um ask me to be on and so it's been a lot of fun you know um I mean, I think some of our better moments have been when we just go off on random tangents, um, yep. <laughs> and um, that's a lot of fun. I, I, I tend to try to throw Larry off his game by doing things like asking him Star Trek questions or playing playing songs like uh, like this, like the, the We Are LeBron. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it at least once. Um, so, so yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to do. And uh, even though I don't know much about Cleveland sports radio, I kind of feel like I'm in some ways I'm an adopted son of that uh, of that city. Right. Considering there's a, there's a lot of similarities between Arizona and Cleveland sports teams, even though we're in a much better uh, position now 
um, than we have been in the past, but we can commiserate with each other a lot as far as the failings of our various um, professional teams. So um, we have that common ground, and I just think, you know, we're personality-wise, we just sort of uh, feed off each other rather well. So it's been a, it's been a fun time. Have you have you guys felt felt reinvigorated with just like I like I was saying earlier, just a sudden resurgence of um, you know uh, premier athletes heading to Cleveland? I know it gives you guys not only a lot to discuss, but there's just so much. Um, I kind of want to use the word controversy in this instance, only because it's 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 you know one guy going to one team, and before you know it, it just changes the entire dynamic of how people view that entire state. You know, when when you think Cleveland. It's like, yeah, you know, you think of, uh, you know, the Cavs and the Browns and and there's always conversation, but the conversation is usually in a negative light. How do you and, I, and I'll pitch it to, to Larry being that he lives there. How, how do you feel that all of a sudden Cleveland is this hotbed of discussion considering how people viewed Cleveland prior? I freaking hate it. <laughs> uh, I I I. I wish I could come up with something as moving as what you just said and explaining it because it brought a tear to my eye thinking, you know what? We, wow, he's right. We've arrived. And then I was like, yes, but I hate it because, right. um, I mean, yes, for all of a sudden we have all these guys, you know, all these guys that are coming here for whatever reason. I mean, right. I can't really say Johnny Manziel came here. He was drafted. It wasn't up to him. Right. Um, and I hated that because now we're, we're known for our rookie backup quarterback who's never played a down, but is partying in Vegas and being an ass. Um, and yes, I, I'm a grumpy old man for saying that. As for LeBron, um, much uh, much as I said when uh, during the build up to the de- both decisions, really, um, and uh, and then the reason I get you know ulcers from Jedi playing that song every week on the show now <laughs> is um, which, which song are you talking about? Yeah, it's never mind. Well, sorry, like, see, I've been trolling your show now, yes, uh, Rich. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's, all right. It's a bad look for us. I mean, okay. it was bad enough four years ago when we were begging. It was bad enough a month ago when we were begging mm-hmm. our ex-girlfriend to come take us back. Right. Um, and and yes, you know, as I said the day it went down, I, the Cavs are my team. The Cavs have always been my team. When the Cavs sucked before LeBron, they were my team. When the Cavs sucked after LeBron, they were my team. And they will always be my team. Um, but... I, I really am someone who I'm, you know, it, it's kind of a cliche, but I'm about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. Right. And, and you know, yes, LeBron automatically makes a, a non-playoff team for the last four years an automatic contender in the East and for the NBA Finals. Right. Um, but and and this also kind of ties in a bit with Manziel, although not quite to that extent yet. Although I'm waiting for it. Um. It's like he walks in the door and is automatically bigger than the team. And, Makes uh, sense. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grumpy old man, and I hate these young kids doing that. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no shame in that. And and I want to go to Jedi because Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, the Arizona, the Arizona sports franchises are always just beloved, even even in defeat. I know guys that live in New York that you know love the Cardinals, you know, really? love the Diamondbacks, just because it, for whatever reason, whether it's because you know they like the jerseys, you know, like whatever the asinine, the, whatever the asinine or legitimate reasons are, you know, the, it's it's one of those teams in in one of those cities that that always there there's always some love there. And the thing that gets me is you being on the other side of the coin, kind mm-hmm. of kind of just being an Arizona fan and seeing just the evolution of of, of sports, not only football and baseball, but also you know MMA, which you're passionate about. 
how do you feel now that Arizona is being viewed more as just like a hotbed for for athletes? And the reason I say that is because you know the NFL they they you know they try to get as much um, exposure out there, obviously for the warm weather for you know Super Bowl things like that. Same thing with MMA is becoming a a hotbed of activity out there in Arizona, close to Vegas. Sure. Uh, you know where where do you stand in regards to that being on the other side of the coin versus Larry? Larry has to deal with you know the insertion of two named guys that automatically just turn his city upside down. Meanwhile, in your case, you almost have like I don't even, I don't want to use the word renaissance, but just a an explosion of of different sports in your in your city. Right. Well, it's it's I'm glad you asked that question because it's it's been sort of a journey for for me um, growing up in Arizona. Um, for years and years, the Cardinals were the worst team, like like on the level of I think the Browns were better than us for a long time, which tells you a lot. Right. Um, the Cardinals were just the joke of the NFL, and um, it, it wasn't until recently, I w- I'll just say roughly the last ten years, let's just say that, where you felt like the Cardinals organization was really trying to take a step towards being a real team, and you saw that happen in two thousand, I think it was two thousand eight, when we went to the Super Bowl. And um, and so that was, I mean, trust me, if you would ask me when I was 15, the Cardinals going to the Super Bowl, I thought it would die before that would ever happen. I just never thought I'd see that day. So to see something like um, the Cardinals come to life has really been good for the for the town, um, for, for Phoenix, um, just because it's, I guess we're, we're, we're a football town, most mostly. And um, I can tell because the Suns have always done well in Arizona. Like I've, I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan. But it doesn't seem to get the sort of buzz uh, that football does. Like football is the, the nation's you know biggest sport right now, and so when your team sucks, you know it's it's hard to have any sort of notoriety around the town. People aren't really talking about it unless it's people with a frown on their face. But when the team's doing really well, the whole the whole city feels energized, and you don't feel embarrassed um, to to come out and say that you're a you're a Cardinals fan. Right. So um, it is interesting to hear you say that that people you know over on the East Coast or whatever you know look at Arizona and kind of like to wear their jerseys or, or people have a fun spot in their heart for it because Arizona is such a transitory state. Like this next generation, you're going to start to see more, more Arizona natives. But, you know, Air, people didn't really start flocking to Arizona except the last maybe 20, 30 years um, for probably obvious reasons. It's a desert. You know, it's really freaking hot. And so but now Phoenix is a pretty metropolitan area. Um, but you do get a lot of people coming in from California and from um all other places, we get a lot of mid, uh, a lot of East Coast people and a lot of Midwest people. People come here to avoid the weather, where it's too expensive in California. Right. So it's hard to sometimes be a fan in your own town because it's not like it's not. I'll say this for Cleveland. Cleveland, I, w- I mean, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Larry, but Cleveland seems to rally behind their own teams. Like they really, they're there through thick and thin, you know, rain or shine. Um, Arizona, we're very fickle fans. <laughs> people will will only kind of poke their heads out when they teams doing and i will fully admit to that like i am not one of those guys that will sit through a horrible season of of any sport i don't care right. what it is and because and i'm sorry i'm gonna go on a rant here but all right like i have i have all the respect in the world for larry and for his willingness to just watch every single cleveland indians game watch every single browns game no matter how good or bad they are like there's something to be said about the diehard fan but when you're a, just a regular joe like myself like you only have so much time in the day and I don't want to spend that time miserable and like throwing my fist through, <laughs> you know, the, the, the whatever, the wall, right. and like screaming and then having to go to church, you know, <laughs> no, like I that's understand. Not, that's not what I want to do with my time. So when people are, when you're put, when you're 
teams are putting out a piss poor product. Why support that? That's that's my attitude towards it. But um, yeah, like I said, I went off on a tangent there. But it is it is cool to see some of our teams. The Suns are getting better now. Um, people got really bitter about the Suns because we traded away all of our guys. Um, yep. And so that was really hard for, especially for diehard Suns fans. Oh, um, Phoenix Suns, Char- Charles Barkley putting a putting a work in oh, when geez. I was a kid growing up. Man, I used to watch that. You know, I love love Charles Barkley. He was he was a BC. My my fandom is very unique, and I get a lot of shit for it because it's easier for me to become one because I have a short attention span and I can't sit through most um most sports. Like I can't sit through baseball, football. Mm-hmm. I only watch the fourth quarter. So what I what I do is I follow players. It's easier right. for me to become a fan of a player because I like the way the player plays or or the way he presents himself. That way, if they go to any other team, I'm still just a fan of the player. And people right. never understood that logic. Don't get me wrong. I'll always love and support all my New York teams. You know, that's that's just being a New Yorker. But I always become invested like LeBron James. I've been a fan of LeBron James from from his Cleveland days. I still have, I, you know, I had a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. I had, you know, I supported him when he went to the Heat. I supported every, you know, every aspect because I, w- I respected and I was a fan of him as a player. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, team mentalities aside, for me, it's easier to go that path versus, you know, just being invested. But to kind of use what you said, I can't, I, I can't do that either. I can't sit there and watch a team be shit the entire year and then just be pissed off. It's easier. I'm like, hey, I like watching this dude play. I like watching that dude play. Like people go, oh, you know, what's your favorite team? I don't have a favorite team. I have favorite players. And then it's like, what's your who are your favorite players? I'll be like, Lawrence Taylor, Ray Lewis. Um, you know sure. what I mean? Mark sure, McGuire. Sure. Uh, you know, I go down a list of different guys from different teams, and people are like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> do people do you get caught up in the trap of people calling you a front runner and all that kind of stuff? No, not necessarily because I mean, the only team I've I've supported. On, on and off regardless of who it has has always been has been like the Chicago Bulls I've been a you know a long time Bulls fan I still have a, a a basketball lamp that my mom had bought me from the right. Chicago Bulls you know during during the Jordan years that's that's kind of like the only team I kind of never never really kind of waver away from and I try to follow them as best as I can not not become emotionally invested where I watch their games but you know I always try like to see what's going on with their players how their record is looking um, people always, the front runner thing doesn't apply. Cause I, there are people that I like that aren't even, you know, like I can say I liked, like I said, Charles Barkley, but I also like Charles Oakley. I also like Anthony Mason. I also, you know what I mean? I like sure, Shaq. Sure. I hate Kobe Bryant. You know, he, Kobe Bryant can win a dozen championships. Can't fucking stand them. Philly, you know, to me personally, I just like, you're, he's a piece of shit to me. That doesn't right, mean right. he's not a great athlete. He's just not an athlete. I personally am a fan of. Sure. That makes sense. Well, as long as you're like consistent with what you're doing, I think that's what most people will, will care about. You know, it's like it's, it's weird. Like in this town in Arizona, you can't be a Lakers, a Lakers fan and a Suns fan. You can't <laughs> like that. Just those two just don't go together. Right. But you'll see it. You'll see it happen. You'll see like people. Oh, you know, I'm a Suns fan. And then they'll be then they'll find some like third cousin or whatever that lives out in L.A. So that's the way they have some connection to gotcha. you know, California. So, so I want to I want to go kind of into the. um the the broadcasting side of things. You guys primarily started doing uh, Cleveland sports, and then uh, Jedi kind of brought some MMA knowledge into the mix. And, I, and I'll take it to Larry real quick. Um, learn, you kind of got a crash course in MMA courtesy of Jedi. How how's it? How's that been for you? Just because you know you're going from from a person who follows uh, team sports, and you're basically uh, learning about some of the who's who's in a sport where. Yeah, you have teams that get you ready for the fight, but when that gate closes, it's you and the other guy. Right, right. Um, 
Well, as far as, you know, the crash course in MMA, it's been rough because Jedi is completely ignorant and doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) Wow. Because he still supports stoppages during fights, which are crap. Um, No, uh, I I grew up with a little bit of boxing. Right. Um, My my stepdad was into boxing, so um, the whole thing wasn't completely foreign to me. And uh, way, way back in the olden days... When uh, the MMA was first starting out and it was, you know, Ken Shamrock breaking dudes' fingers and, you know, yep. gouging dudes' eyes out. Um, I, I had a uh, girlfriend that lived down in Dayton where they could actually get those things on cable because that's like hillbilly country. And up here in the, ci- <laughs> the city, we don't get that stuff. So uh, so I knew like the old stuff. But um, no, it, it, it's been, you know, I, I'll get I'll. I went into it. I'll give any sport a shot, you know. Right. Brian and Kevin have been trying forever to get me into hockey, and it just doesn't work uh, for whatever reason. I, they're, they're great athletes. Uh, I'm not one of those. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a sport because obviously it is, and I just it's not there for me. Um, gotcha. I, I enjoy going to the occasional game. Uh, according to you, I'm some sort of nerd or a loser, or I forget what I am because I liked the Coyotes for a while because they had cool jerseys, so I bought one. Um, so I was one of those tools that supported a, you know, another team because I like their Jersey. Um, but no, it's, um, it, it, it's a different spin on the sport because, and you know, it kind of ties in with what, you know, you were saying as, as far as, you know, following a player and not a team. Right. Um, because yeah, I, Jedi will point out, this is the guy you need to follow. And maybe, maybe a third of the times I actually remember that guy's name at some point and say, Hey, Jedi mentioned that guy and he's wrong. He sucks. <laughs> or, hey, Jedi mentioned this guy, and I don't know, somebody must have told Jedi he was cool because he is. But um, I don't know. Did that answer the question? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it has. But I, with, with that said, you know, just uh, get, getting that introduction, have you started to develop, like, uh, not, not a relationship, but just a, an appreciation for certain fighters? Have you started becoming a fan of certain guys? Like- oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I, I was a very, very casual fan before the show. Right. Um, every so often we would hang out and, you know, watch a pay-per-view or um, for whatever reason, you know, every so often Kevin would be like, hey, I got a UFC pay-per-view. And it was usually something he found on the Internet or streamed off of some goofball thing because the event was five years ago. Right. Uh, and we'd all sit there and be, oh, oh, this is old. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I was a very, very casual fan. And, you know, doing it for the show, uh, you know, especially because I have Jedi here to uh, let me know when there's going to be something on free television or regular cable that I can watch. Right. I, absolutely. I've started watching more. Um, I uh, th- There are a couple guys I sort of follow, although, uh, as we've talked about on the show, um, for me at least, as somebody who's kind of just now m- m- starting the transition from casual fan to, I'm not going to say hardcore, but legitimate fan. Right. Uh the UFC in particular is kind of in a uh, transitionary. I agree. I agree ten thousand percent. And to hear yeah. that from all, a, from all, a... the, all those guys, Jedi told me were awesome, <laughs> are either retiring or getting bounced by drug tests. Right and now, all those guys that Jedi was like, eh, he's a young kid who may be something someday. Those are the guys I need to start watching now because that's who's left. Well, that's and, what's uh, happening. The yeah. sport is the sport is evolving so much, and and Jedi, I'll, you know, I'll toss it to you. You know this better just as as much as I do it's it's exactly what Larry just said we had our stable of guys we followed the Randy Couture's the Chuck right. Liddell's 
And little by little, Father Time started claiming them one by one. And when it wasn't Father Time, it was TRT. And when it wasn't TRT, it was a young guy just beating them into retirement. So, you know, it, it's it's a very unique thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you guys talk about it almost. I, I don't want to say good cop, bad cop, but more so uh, veteran fan and introductory fan. Because what it does is it allows people that are learning about the sport to be able to relate to somebody who's in the same boat they are right you know that's that's one of the things i like about the chemistry you guys have you you bounce off each other well because in a way yeah you're giving you're giving larry the knowledge of hey this guy's gonna be the future of this sport or this guy's a guy you gotta watch but larry's looking at it like hey that guy likes to punch people in the face and put him to sleep i like <laughs> that that's a good that's a good dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure man yeah and and um, not to jump in here, but yeah, what you said, I, I think I think that's true because Larry gives me a hard, he likes to you know be self deprecating all the time. If you haven't noticed, of course. Um, so he, but he'll he'll ask he he asks questions that I think are completely fair questions, like about the scoring system or about the rules and just things that he's genuinely interested in, not just not just just asking me questions what? just to ask me. You know, right. what I mean, he's he's asking me like, uh, okay, if if I was a fan in Larry's shoes, you know what. This didn't make sense to me. Can you explain that to me? And I really, I really actually relish those opportunities to answer those questions because I do think it's not only good to, to you know, just for Larry's sake, but it's good for our, for our audience to be able to kind of sit back and, and understand that Larry likes it, but he, he doesn't know everything about it. And so, but he feels comfortable enough to ask those questions and, and I can answer them, hope, answer them, hopefully in a way that would make sense to the, the layman, so to speak. Well, I, and, you know, since you, since you shared that with us, I got to ask, how do you feel now that the UFC is starting to try and become this mainstream juggernaut, I mean, there's yeah. there's a part of me as a fan of the sport for so long and as somebody who, who shares his opinions on it, I love it. But at the same time, I hate it because there's there's such a... I don't even want to say there's a, a, a booking issue, but what's happening is that the UFC got so dependent on those guys that I mentioned, the Coutures, the Liddells, the GSPs, the Anderson Silvas, that when those guys are gone, it's almost like they're scrambling around with their thumb up their ass because they sure. don't know what to do. And in your case, you know, following the sport like I do, how do you feel about that? Just seeing something that you remember from the fringes of, you know, just fandom now kind of just blowing up before your eyes, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. I mean, I, I do follow the sport really closely. I, I listen to a lot of different um, radio shows and podcasts. And, and so I've heard this I've heard this argument, you know, a number of different times. If you listen to Dana White being interviewed, you know, if you even <laughs> if, you, if you ever dare to to challenge him on anything about where the sport's at, he, he just calls you an idiot and yep. probably a b- bunch of other things. Of I love Dana White. But of course, you know, I don't agree with everything he says. Yep. Um, but just okay, just from my take, you know, ding ding ding, keywords. Um, from from my particular take on this, um, it's there's two things that are that are kind of hindering the, the UFC right now. One is that we're in that transitionary stage. Um, last year, 2013, I think was one of the best years in MMA period. Yes. Um, I mean, it was crazy. You had that. You could kind of see though that like you had a ton of great fights, but you could see that the major superstars were sort of kind of on the tail end of, of their careers. Like you saw that great fight with GSP and Johnny Hendricks, um, which he GSP won controversially, you know, but he looked like, Oh, you know, here comes a guy that can legitimately beat him. He, right. And he, he took some time off. Uh, Anderson Silva, the greatest of all time gets knocked out and then breaks his leg, you know, and there's another big draw and a guy who's been one of the mainstays in there. Uh, Brock Lesnar has been out for a while. Um, and then you see, um, 
the 155 pounder division's kind of been out. You know, Anthony Pettis comes on the scene, um, dominates, and then hurts his leg and is out for a year and a half. Right. Um, so you just have this year now where it's like, okay, well, I've been following UFC for a long time. And if you're not a hardcore fan, you're going to wonder, well, what happened? You know, what happened to these guys? I, I don't really particularly care about all these people. Um, but the other thing that I think may be hurting it even more, at least in the short term, is the uh, there's an overwhelming amount of shows going on right now. Yes, like it, it's it's the UFC used to be something where it was like I don't know, maybe let's say 20 shows a year or something along those lines. That's right. And every single event felt like a big deal. Like those cards were as stacked as they could possibly be. Of and you'd maybe get five or six, you know, free television shows and then you have the ultimate fighter. Well, now, not only do you have two ultimate fighters a year now, now you have ultimate fighters that are in multiple countries. Mm -hmm. you, you, you have uh, fight nights, you have um, things that are on fight pass. So your, your talent that you do have right now is being spread extremely thin. So you, it's hard to really stack a card. Um, and, and it also makes, it makes it a little bit difficult to, to get, you know, it makes it seem like the, the UFC is more deprived of talent than I think that they really are just because there's so many shows all the time and you don't get to see them right. in that sort of small package. Um, but I think one thing that it does afford is the, the opportunity to breed new stars. Like for instance, Conor McGregor, who's this guy, you know, boorish guy comes out from Ireland, um, sold out a show in Ireland recently. Yep. Um, and now is going to be fighting Justin Poirier for, you know, the number five guy in his division. Um, that's a guy that a year ago, nobody even, nobody knew who he was. He was fighting on the local circuit, circuit right. in Ireland. And so, you know, he, I mean, he's a special case. Not everybody's going to be him. But I think what the UFC is trying to do is, one, they're trying to globalize the sport. So we don't really see the, the entire picture here, I think, if you're just looking at the American audience. Like, we're right. not really taking the entire thing into account. But um, at the same time, it's, it's, it's a bit of a bumpy road. Like, they, they are still breeding superstars. So I do think that the future is still going to be bright for the UFC. But it, you're, I think you're going to see kind of a variation of fans kind of going up and down until there's something that they feel like is relevant. You know, um, I think that the guy who should be the number one star in the division is John and in the, in the corporation is John Jones. Even love him or hate him. He's he's divisive. He's ultra talented. He's got the sponsorship to do it. Um, but he just hasn't completely crossed over into the mainstream, like, say, like a Ronda Rousey has, who right. is who is probably the biggest name in mixed martial mixed martial arts right now. So just a very interesting time to be a fan. Um and so there's still been some great fights this year. And, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out over the next few years. I'd still like them to cut down on their shows. I think they're doing too many. But um, but then again, I could be crazy. Maybe, you know, I'm not a businessman. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to ask you this and, and, mm -hmm. and I'll flip it to Larry. Are you watching other promotions beside the U besides the UFC? Are you watching Bellator, World Series of Fighting, RFA, any of that? Or are you are you strictly staying in the UFC wheelhouse? Uh I, I did catch a Bellator not long ago. Okay. Um, I'm not going to pretend I remember which one. All right. <laughs> um, and I, I, I did one of, one of my, as I was flipping through my 735 cable channels looking for something else, uh, I did come across the, uh, the World Series of Fighting. And based on a, a, a good, in-depth, intensive five to seven minutes of watching it, um, <laughs> that one didn't do much for me. But, hey, maybe I caught a crappy fight. I don't know. Uh, Bellator, I, I have watched. I would watch again. I have no idea if and when it is ever on. So uh, UFC wins by default just because uh, between you know Fox, Fox Sports One, and the pay per views and and Jedi, uh, you know, 
it's 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 basically and and maybe this is because I'm a noob and an outsider, but but more so than it was when Strike Force was a legitimate uh, thing. Right. It's pretty much you know there's UFC and everything else. Right. I understand. Kind of like trying to watch a professional football league other than the NFL. Makes makes perfect sense. In 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 that taking taking what you said. Jedi, I, mm-hmm. you see that we got all these smaller fringe promotions, and and it's funny you mentioned Ronda Rousey. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel, where do you stand on just um, the mainstream appeal of women's MMA? Because if you remember, and I'm sure you do, Dana White was the guy that used to beat his chest and say, "Women will never fight in the UFC." Sure. And then, sure as shit, as soon as he saw the dollar signs, he jumped on the bandwagon. Where do you stand with regards to that, and just the fact that? Ronda Rousey has succeeded in becoming the face of the organization, primarily dominated by men. Well, I think first of all, I, I'm, I think it's a great thing. I don't have any problem with it, and I don't blame Dana White for doing what he did. Um, right. Some hard, some hardcores might disagree with me, but I'm not a person who is anti-business. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this: uh, I went to a, a Strike Force Challenger show um, that came here years ago, and it was um, I didn't know this at the time, but there was a a um, a women's tournament. It was like a small tournament to get the interim title. And actually, Misha Tate was on that card, and she won. There were like two fights in one night. She fought twice. Um, but the, the problem, the problem with women's MMA, and I think it still exists, although it's not it's not as, as bad as it used to be. It's just there's just a lack of talent. Like the the, the you look at um, okay, look at Ronda Rousey's last fight. That's the perfect example. Right. You have a, Alexis Davis right in in there who by all you know, means is a viable contender. She's beaten some people. She's earned her way to the top right. um, to fight. Ronda Rousey, beat, beat her, Ronda Rousey beat her in 17 seconds. It was like a big brother beatdown. Punch in the face, headlock, hip toss, punched her in the head a hundred times so they called it off. And that, ha- that, that has appeal to it, but I think it only has lasting appeal. Right. So you're going to have to, like, who are the other names out there? I know you can think of them. You can think of a, um, okay, so there's Cyborg out there. Yep. She's the other people that, she's the people, the person that everybody wants to see Ronda Rousey fight, but of course they're having problems with her negotiating. And then we have Gina Carano, right. who is another big name, and, you know, she's done movies and everything too, but she hasn't fought in five years. So right. that still only has a very small um, small uh, level of impact. So I'm happy that women are getting the chance to. I'm really excited to see what will happen with the strawweight division now that they're introducing that because yep. that has a bunch of people that pretty much nobody in the knows, even including myself. I don't know any of these girls. Oh, most of those, them. Those chicks are those chicks, and and you know, the, of course, chicks not being the PC term, but fuck whoever doesn't like it. Um, yeah. The fact is, all the ladies on that roster are hitters. They're yeah. all dangerous, dangerous women. They've a lot of them came out of the Invicta promotion, and they are some of the some of the most dangerous women walking this planet. And I think that's great. <laughs> and, you're, and you're starting to see some some young um, some young people come in there. Um, I think that you know even when you saw um, oh, what's her name, the Queen of Spades. What's her what's her real Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, right? And you saw her. You kind of see that like the the current crop of women, Ronda Rousey excluded, is kind of like kind of like the original UFC fighters, you know, right. like you think about guys like 
Pat Militich and the Matt Hughes and those guys that were great in their day, but they just, if they even, I think even if they were to start today, they just wouldn't hold a candle to most of these athletes because the sports evolved past them. Well, Ronda Rousey is the only person and now she has the benefit of being so stinking in the spotlight. She gets all the best training and everything. She's just so far ahead of everybody else. They're going to clean up this crop of, of young women um, or excuse me, of, of these older generation who I just don't think can hold a candle to Ronda Rousey. And once they get kind of get them out of the way, you'll start to see the new sort of breed make make their way in. But it's like their division right now is where, and I think Dana White's even said this, is where like the UFC was when the Ultimate Fighter 1 premiered. That's yes. kind of like where they're at. Okay. Um, Larry, how do you how do you see the, the growth of the sport in, in Cleveland as a whole? Do you Do you see any any insertion of the sport in, in, in your area locally or, or, you know, just on, on the more mainstream side of things? Like, do you start seeing more advertising? You start seeing more, more training facilities in your area. I'm just curious because, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland, I know for, for a fact, you know, you guys got some cold ass weather and, um, you guys are, a you guys are a town of, of hard hitting, you know, I don't, I don't even want to use the term blue collar cause it's such a shitty term to use, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fighting city. You know what I mean? Yes, but we're a bunch of drunken Irish brawlers. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we 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 get the occasional fighter from the area, and when they do something, um, uh, crap! I'm having a brain fart now, trying to think of the boxer Kelly Pavlik. Uh, when he had his five minutes of fame, even though he's from Youngstown, all of a sudden boxing was really popular here. <laughs> um, when uh, every, every so often, if Stipe is going to be on a pay per view. MMA becomes really big for that weekend. Yeah, he uh, is soon. He's going to fight Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, Stipe is a good guy. I, yeah. I actually, um, he got interviewed by some some friends of mine from Fight Insight Radio, and he is a he is a badass dude. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that's a that's a that that's a guy that's a legit bruiser. <laughs> but but he's a sweetheart. Let me tell. Right. You. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but no. Um. Uh, but uh, I I know I I can't say why it has never caught on. I mean, when, when on, on the rare occasions I've gone to a bar for a pay per view, there's a good crowd. Um, right. It gets some support, but but really, I mean, you know, even even fighters from here mostly, uh, as, as soon as they begin to make a name and decide to take themselves seriously, they move to Arizona to train. because um, yep. <laughs> cause it's not like you can go run twenty miles in December up here. No, uh, none of that. Um, so I've seen it's hard to say if, if I've noticed a growth here because I want to say I have. Right. But I, I, I say that knowing that I have become more cognizant of it. So I, I'm paying more attention. Gotcha. So I, I think so. But I can't say that it's not just because now I, now I'm looking for it. So makes sense well it's funny you say that the fighters are going over to arizona jedi i i you know you don't even have to elaborate too much because arizona's become a hotbed of of mma talent out there you guys got training facilities popping up all over the place you guys got a a good crop of guys coming out of there a lot Mm -hmm. of uh great great wrestlers coming out of the arizona sports collegiate program you know, you you must be loving it as a as a fan because you get to say, hey, that guy came out of here, this guy came out of here, and I've seen you do it. You yeah. know, when you talk about Kane, when you talk about Ryan Bader, I've I've seen it, man. You mark out, and it's 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 fantastic to see. You know, it's it, it's good to see that as a as a fan. You know, 
you know, yeah, I, I take a lot of pride in, in that. You know, I just I, I was one of those guys that's been chirping at Dana White um, every time there's a UFC event. I, I sent him a tweet and I said, when are you going to come to Arizona? When are you going to come to Arizona? You know, so um, and part of it is that, you know, it's just like the good side of it, it's kind of a double edged sword. The good side about MMA being such a big deal here and uh, is that um, there's a lot of places to train. Um, you have ASU, which is my alma mater, is has got a great wrestling program. And I come from a wrestling family. All my brothers were state champion wrestling wrestlers. So they, um, so it's just like it's kind of in my family. And so it's cool to see that um, evolve and to, to be able to see people like Benson Henderson and Kane Velasquez, like you said, and several others uh, represent Arizona sports. So um, that's really great. The other side of it is that you have those, you have everybody who thinks they can fight. You know, you have the, <laughs> oh yeah, you you have you have the prototypical douchebags that walk around with their tap out shirts and their affliction mm-hmm. shirts and you're like oh yeah you know i trained down at mma lab and da 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 and you're like yeah i, I don't you probably don't or you probably suck but um <laughs> so you, you know it's gonna you take you take the good with the bad but um but it's definitely i, I like to, a chance to rep um arizona anytime i'm i'm able to because um you know even though it's funny that you know even though you feel like arizona has some clout in terms of sports in general. Like in a lot of ways, I do kind of feel like we get ignored, or we're sort of, you know, um, we're we're not really a place that people like to look at. And and Dana White said it himself. I, I think somebody asked him why he hadn't come to Arizona, and he's like, "Well, you guys are only four hours from Vegas, right? So nobody You're wants the to Vegas go to Ari- stepchild, yeah, right, exactly, yep. which is true. Except that we've had this. We're going to have our third Super Bowl here coming That's up right. this this year. So like, you can't tell me that people don't won't come here and you know do stuff. So. Anyways, uh, I'll, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, well, no, I, you know, you know what it is. I like that that you go that route, and you were mentioning just the way the the culture has changed. As as a New Yorker, we don't we don't have the privilege of of having MMA here yet. Um, you know, we get the local shows. We had a, an MMA expo this past weekend. Um, I didn't get to go, but uh, it was you know Anderson Silva was here. Um, uh, yeah, how Hendo. much does that? How much does that bother you, Rich? I've been meaning to ask because I mean that's literally I think the only state now in the in the nation that doesn't have it legalized, despite tons of effort to get get, get that done. Well, you know, put, putting me on the seat, I, I will say this: it is incredibly irritating, and the reason yeah. I say that is because, like my wife, she trains at the UFC gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have an MMA presence. You know, we have East Coast MMA. Uh, which is a store that exclusively sells MMA merchandise. They got two locations. Um, you know, Henzo Gracie has a school out here. Chris Weidman's training facility is right around the corner from my office. Yeah. Uh, with Ray Longo. So, you know, you see such a huge presence and so many guys coming out of here. And the fact that it's just, I can never say, wow, the UFC is having an event at the Garden or, hey, right. there's a local show going on here. The most I've got to see here um, is Muay Thai kickboxing. And I've gone to see I've gone to see that, and it's it, it, I I will say it's like you've seen if you've seen Fight Club, that's what that was like, <laughs> and it was amazing, dude. I go in, um, I, what happened was a guy said, hey, you want to come cover this this kickboxing event? I said, all right. I hadn't, I was still getting used to covering events, so I had a like a, a smaller camera. I didn't have the rig I have now, and I told my wife, I'm like, listen, we're gonna go. And we're going to check out this event. She's like, all right. So we walk in there and this place, it was like in a where it looked like a warehouse. And it was like the, the, the big door that you pull open, like, like a truck. And a guy was standing outside and he's like, are you here for the fights? And this guy's all in black. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm here for the fights. So he goes, all right, go on in. So I go in there and it's like Thai beer, like Sing Tao beer. And there's a stage with leather couches where VIPs are sitting. Leather couches on the stage right by the ring. And, and it's like dudes in like 
tight shirts with tribal designs on it with scantily clad girls sitting on these leather red couches and, um, and you know the the place is just cigar smoke and cigarettes and and Thai beer and the guy's like yeah you know you could go set up ringside and I'm like ringside and he's like yeah you know you're gonna cover the event right I'm like uh, yeah so my <laughs> wife is like I'm gonna stay over here so I'm at the I'm in I'm at the corner of the ring shooting all the fight you know all the different fights and and it was like Tong Po kickboxer style. Fights, like you know, or what? it wasn't it wasn't Kumite to the to the degree of you know hands in in broken glass, but it was <laughs> it was legit like the atmosphere, like you know the the ring girls wearing like fishnet stockings, thigh high <laughs> boots, you, you know what I'm saying? And she's holding the card, and and the dudes mm. are in there fighting, and the guy just comes with like a you know a flying knee to the side of your head, and you get home and you realize, oh shit, there's blood on my shirt. <laughs> you know, like all right, like you know that's badass. That's 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 the experience we get, but like the big fight feel. Dude, you got to go to like New Jersey and Jersey gets all that stuff. So people make the jump and go over there. But the funny thing is that we are the same way you guys are um, the Las Vegas stepchild. We're Jersey stepchild when it comes to that. But the sport does the bulk of their promoting here. So, you know, they'll do their press conference in front of MSG and they'll do a lot of their events here. And then the fights in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's their way of just trying to force the, their hand. But I mean, I mean, it's just. It seems so obvious that it's just due to corruption that that's that it's not there. That's well, that's to- part of it, but it's just the politicians being complete shitheads, you know. And the, and and the problem is that their understanding of the sport is so archaic that they right. just think, you know, they just think it's you know a hundred and fifty five pound guy fighting, you know, a super heavyweight, and the hundred fifty five pound guy got yeah got sneakers on, and you know, <laughs> the super heavyweight is coming out with like an entourage and shit. It's like no. Yeah. So eventually, so eventually, when it does come to New York, I mean, are you going to do everything you can to get a get a seat? Oh, absolutely. At that point, it's like, well, you know, like the MMA Expo, I didn't get to cover it this year, but the MMA Expo had a bigger presence. They were at the Javits, where Comic Con was, which, if you wow. remember, was a huge place. The MMA right. Expo was there. They had amateur tournaments. They had um, grappling tournaments. Plus, they had all the the you know typical MMA stuff. All the supplement companies were there. Mm. Uh, Matt Sarah was there. So again, you know the. The footprint of the sport is is pretty big here. I think that if the UFC decided to do an event in Jersey and then do the, do a UFC expo here in New York, it would it would probably crush New York Comic Con. Yeah, well that's cool to hear. So Basically, you know that there's an audience there for sure. Oh, dude, it's 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 insanity over here. Like I said, you know, my wife goes to the UFC gym, which is ten minutes from my house, and dude, you walk in there, and I'm a gym rat, and I go in there, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, uh, like I walk in, I'm like, yeah, I just feel super out of place because it's like they got a they got a regulation style octagon in there, uh, tons of bags, um, you know, uh, heavy bags, TRX units, you name it. You know, dudes hitting the the, the heavy bags, g- girls doing grappling. It's like holy shit. And you know, you look at their class schedule, and it's like MMA, wrestling, Muay Thai, <laughs> grappling. Right. Uh, Pilates. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's like it's like fight, 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 and cardio, kickboxing, and Pilates. <laughs> That's what I'd be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it goes. But um, yeah, man, it's it's a it's a it's a crazy thing. I wanted to go go to Larry Max since he's been following the sport for for the, the amount of time. Have you picked some favorite fighters yet? Do you have a, a some some favorites that you you kind of follow it closely? You got to have at least three, Larry. I gotta have at least three. At least I know you gotta have three. You've been watching it for a while. You've been working with Jedi for a while. You gotta have at least three guys that jump out that you go, yeah, that guy's a. See, the problem with me is um, since since I watched the free shit, I've been watching just long enough that I've seen all of them fight once. (laughs) 
Still, but but there's still something endearing about a guy you like that that fights once. Even if you see him fight once, you may like like his fighting style. You may like the way he he presents himself, or you may just say, "Hey, that guy has pretty badass tattoos." <laughs> like, yeah, and, and like, unfortunately, like, and and I don't know, Jedi could probably tell you who these people are. Okay, <laughs> but the ones that stick out in my head were, um, it, it was either feather or welterweight meth cooking guy. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. All right. Okay, so you know who I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Based on that, who it is, his name is on the tip of my tongue. I'll see if it if it gets to me. Oh, I can't. <laughs> um, there was crazy fast black guy, which are quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, this was one specific guy where you know Jedi and I spent ten minutes just talking about the guy rolling around on the ground. Um, oh shit. Oh, that wasn't the one. You're not talking about the guy who broke his ankle, Jamie Varner, right? No, no, no. Okay, that was the nastiest fight ever. Yeah, th- th- that was bad. Just some crazy jumping beam flying around all over the place. Oh, probably Demetrius Johnson. It was Demetrius Johnson. Oh, See yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Mighty Mouse, dude. That guy. That guy. You blink, and it's like he'll tag you like eight times. So yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good guy to be a fan of. It's funny because I was watching. I was like, and and. I've seen enough to know that they're they're good. It, they're usually good fights, but there's still that part of me as a big fat guy uh, <laughs> who, who, who says, "Okay, what what are these hundred and forty pound guys going to do to each other?" And yeah, it was like ding ding ding, and that guy's just all over the place. And b- before they've even before Joe Rogan has said, "So tonight we have," he's already punched <laughs> the other dude in the head seven times. <laughs> Um, I, I like hearing that. That that that's that's great. That's how you know it's a, it's an entry it's an entry level fan that just loves the 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 the, the visceral side of it. <laughs> oh, and 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 then there was the short little fat dude that fought um, in the last one I watched. Um, that's like three feet tall, built like a fire hydrant. Uh shit. Was he on the undercard? I believe he. It was not this last one because I haven't watched that yet. I recorded oh. it and watched it tonight. But oh, he was okay. the last one we talked about and. Um, he he was he he was the dude who all fight long. All he did was tackle the other guy and lay on him. Oh jeez, um, it wasn't oh, Daniel Cormier, was it? No, I don't. No, that doesn't sound right. Okay, I know who you're talking about because that was the one that you went off about how Joe Rogan. Yeah, because the other dude basically I, kept looking at the ref. Are you going to stand us up? And Joe Rogan was like, "No, don't stand him up. It's your job to get up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joe Ro- Joe Rogan. It, it's funny because I you know what I like the notes. I think it was the July 8th show where it's like Larry loves Joe Rogan. And I was like, I was like, I can understand where Larry's frustration comes from. And Jedi, you can probably agree. Sometimes you watch and you're like, Joe, come on, dude. Like sometimes the nut huggery is way too obvious. You're just like, dude, come on. It does happen. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Larry gave me his, his three vague favorite fighters. Give me, give, give me yours, Jedi. I'm shocked, Larry, that you did not point out Uncle Chael or freaking Roy Nelson. Okay, well, Chael's not in it anymore. Yeah, but okay. And, and I, I do enjoy Roy, Roy Nelson. And I did want to say um, your favorite, your other favorite guy who I just saw fight for the first real time this past time. <sighs> Who's the other dude you love? Me? Looks, look, looks like a little lurpy, pretty douche that I would be the crap out of on principle. Who? You're right, Faber? Yeah. Oh, butt chin. Master of the butt chin. Yeah, for, for, first time I ever actually saw him fight, and, and he had some impressive shit. I was like, "That's pretty cool." And whoever that dude he fought was, I liked him. You know, you know what's funny about about Bruce Uriah Leroy? Faber? About what? What was that uh, Jedi? Oh, I, think he, I think he was talking about Bruce Leroy. That's the guy. Oh yeah, well Bruce yeah. Leroy. It's funny because that guy, 
was like a hardcore pothead and then of course you know mma just stop it can't smoke weed <laughs> um, you know everybody's like ah you know they get all bent out of shape but right, you know right. it, it, it's funny that that he mentions those guys because like uriah favor uh, you're you know i'm i'm five six or as i see uriah favor and i'm like uriah favor walks around he's like five six um depending on on who you ask he's five six or five five and it's just like, dude, dude's like ripped at 150. And I'm like, dude, I outweigh you by like 100 pounds. And you could probably still kill me in the blink of an eye. You know, because, it, because that's what happens. Like those guys, the, the 155 pounders, the guys you were talking about, 145s, those guys, you blink and you get tagged like nine times and it's over. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, sorry, uh, to answer your question, um, are you talking about just current fighters or like all time? Uh, either, either way is fine. Like there's always guys you're going to you're going to ride or die with regardless. So I'm, I'm curious. Sure. Well, I'll say that I'll say that um, I am a John Jones fan. Um, I love watching him fight. And I, I feel like I'm a true fan of his because Larry can testify to this. I, ta- I actually mentioned it on an earlier episode of Cleveland Sports Radio um, way before he got famous that I said, keep your eye on this guy. He's going to be something special. And, and he turned out to be. So I, yep. I, I'm, I stick by that. Um, whatever you think about his personality, love him or hate him, he's fake, he's whatever. He's, he, I, I will always support John Jones unless he does something completely crazy. Um, so he's at the top of the heap right now. I was a huge Chael Sonnen fan. Damn right, <laughs> Uncle Chael. Uncle Chael, he's just, I mean, it's hard to call him an original because he borrows so much from professional wrestling. Right. But in terms of like in terms of MMA, I really think that he set the bar um, for just self-promotion and a guy Absolutely. that a guy that can take his his kind of style. I actually saw him fight live. Um, yeah, I saw him fight Yushin Okami. How was that? That was cool. But the thing is, like, I didn't know who he was. I was just like, oh, that's that guy that was like I recognized him because he had those like ridiculous American pants on. Yep. And, you know, and um, and I was like, oh, that's that guy that wears those American shorts. And um and I, but I didn't, I didn't know him from anyone else. I'm like, okay. And then it was shortly after that, that he just like went right afterwards. He fought Nate Marquardt and he just started like opening up his mouth. I'm like, holy cow. And then he backed it up, you know, up until the last minute. I mean, that fight with Anderson Silva, that first one, oh, was dude, just I, like any, like nothing I'd ever seen before. I, I mean, got 25 gray hairs from that fight. <laughs> dude, I, I, t- I didn't tell you the story, but I was at, I was at a, I was at a, uh, at a bar or whatever watching it. And there was a really bad thunderstorm. And as soon as Chael landed that punch that knocked him down in the first round, the whole, the power went out. No, I was like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> right now and, but it came back on thankfully but i was just like oh my gosh this fight could be over we could have missed this entire thing um so chael will have i mean he's not fighting anymore though but um i do i really like kane velasquez a lot um i just like him because he's just like a mexican terminator and um <laughs> the fact that he just keeps coming forward and he's he's soft-spoken he doesn't have to talk trash he just he's just like the most intimidating looking guy like he just i would never want to fight that guy in a million years um and as far as uh Gosh, that's a good question. Anybody else I'm trying to think of? Um, I can't look at Cain Velasquez without seeing an Easter Island statue. Oh, he does, man. He looks he, he looks just dude, like that. Dude, straight Easter Island. And then it's like, hey, Cain, uh, how do you feel about fighting this guy? It's okay. Are you ready to punch this guy in the face? Uh-huh. Are you ready to? Yeah. It's like, all right, dude. Like, fuck. Like, like and, and, that's the, and that's the problem that I was saying about creating new stars. Like, you know, like, Cain yeah. Velasquez, he's your champion. Nobody knows shit about him other than he has a head the size of a radiator and... You know, he he has a uh, galaxy bursting fists, you know, like that's about it. Oh, yeah, man. He's 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 awesome. I, I mean, part of me wants to say Conor McGregor. I'm just thinking of recents just because he's a guy that's out there. But I, I, I think he's going to have to have to give him a little bit more time uh, for that. But you know who I do like a lot? I do like uh, Chris Weidman a lot. Um, I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he fights. Yep. Um, he 
I was there. I was at the show when he knocked out Anderson Silva, so I saw that happen live. Oh, that's fantastic, dude. You must have lost your shit. Dude, you want to hear, hear something crazy, right? So I took some video footage right after. I was in the crowd, and I'll, I'll send it to you after this, but I was in the crowd, and um, it's just like the, rea- you know, the crowd reacting and everything. It was just crazy. And, um, and it got on this website. Like somebody put together a, a, a thing of like the top eight reactions to um, Anderson Silva getting knocked out, and ours was chosen. And then, then for like four or five seconds, the UFC did their, their, um, their countdown to the, to the Anderson Silva versus um, Chris Weidman 2. And they were posting like a montage of everybody reacting to the first fight, and they used our clip. They used my vi- my footage from my iPhone footage on there as that's part of fantastic. Like, they're promotional, and I didn't even know. My roommate pointed out because he was there with me. He's like, he's like, dude, they used our footage for their promotion. I'm like, Are you-? so that's I thought that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, and I, I love Chris Wyman. I like just his whole camp, man. Freaking Matt, Sarah, and Ray Longo. I could I could just listen to those guys talk for hours. All oh, the they- Black Talians. <laughs> yes yeah they cracked me up those, right. so uh, there, there you go i can go off on all time but i, I won't no th- th- those are all those are solid choices and the reason i ask is because you see the parallel um between you and larry mack and larry mack still you know demetrius johnson's a guy that na- naming a guy like him even as a as a guy who's who's still getting his bearings on the sport shows that that larry mack gets it you know because he could have said you know i liked um brock yeah brock lesnar um, you know, Kimbo Slice. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. He could have gone down the list of, of of the of the of the easy ones. You know, Ken Shamrock, Tank Abbott. But you know, he he brought out a guy like Demetrius Johnson. So you know, that's that that's good to see that the you know the the chemistry between you guys, Larry Mack, is appreciating the sport for just, you know more than than the than the typical mainstream guys. You know, just uh, you can just think of Demetrius Johnson. He look, kind of looks like a black Krillin from uh, Yes Dragon Ball Z. Yep, he does. And and the funny thing is with that, he's a, uh, you know, you see a lot of these guys and they're hardcore, hardcore nerds and geeks, you know, like us, like, you know, they like games, they like anime and shit. So you start feeling a different sort of a, of a connection with those guys based on that. Like you see a guy and, you know, like Demetrius Johnson comes out sponsored by Xbox. It's like, oh yeah. shit, you know, like that's, you know, you mark out because you're like, wow, that guy, that guy likes the same shit I do, you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I like that a lot. So I, I want to kind of go back to CSR and, and bring things uh, full circle. I want to I want to kind of reference a, an episode you guys did. I, I believe it was um, the second week in July. And you guys were talking about Prince Fielder and um, Prince Fielder being naked for the bodies issue. Yes. And the, the reason the reason I you know, it's funny about that. We um, my wife and I, we had an interesting conversation because I go and I say, oh, what do you think of uh, the bodies issue? And I'm like, everybody's making this big uh, debate about Prince Fielder. And my wife goes, uh, yeah. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? And she's like, I don't know. It just seems weird. He's not like, you know, and I'm like, Prince Fielder naked is like what I would look like naked. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird debate and a, and a weird conversation you guys had about it, but you know what it is? I'm glad you guys brought that up because a lot of people, when they talk about the bodies issue and I wanted to commend you on it, everybody talks about, oh, this person looks hot and this chick looks dope and this dude is ripped and you guys looked at it from a more it w- it was from a more uh you know bros uh, shooting the shit type of a conversation and i like that because you know what it is nobody acknowledges that like when people talk about that aspect of the sport whether it's the bodies issue which mm. you know ESPN ESPN for as much as they think that they're doing the sport good w- any sport good with that it's like you're just trying to get maxim maxim heat with that right. because it, th- what what is that showing anyone and I, and I, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious. You know, what what spurred that? Like, what got you guys 
kind of wanting to go in that direction because, you know, and I'll toss it to Larry Mack first. Seeing that and seeing that the body's issues become the equivalent of Sports Illustrated every year, their swimsuit issue. You know, where do you stand just just as as a fan of, of sports in general seeing that? Uh, that that was all Jedi sending me the photos. What the right, um, that, that that's what spurred the discussion. I, I I had sort of intended to gloss over it as kind of a humorous thing, right? Because you're right, um, Prince Fielder, you know, does look like. Well, I'm not going to lie and say I look that good because I'm way fatter, but but still, but like all of us, you know, like a regular yeah. dude. And and you know what? I, I no offense, I I don't want to see you naked on a magazine cover either. There you go. <laughs> But that's but that, but see that's exactly it, and the problem is that nobody addresses it that way. That's that that's the issue. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I you know yeah I don't know that I if if I agree about the the body issue becoming as big because honestly, um, each year when it comes out, I forget that it came out last year. Right. Basically, uh, whereas you know, I I'm now old enough. That I, I don't get all that worked up about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I, right, of course, I, it, it's a joke now. Yeah, to well, us. yeah, it, it has become a joke. The uh, the models they use. I mean, the, the, I don't. I don't know if it's just me because I'm jaded, but none of them have the appeal of you know a uh, Kathy Ireland or an Elle McPherson anymore. Right, and and you know part of it is just now, now that I'm old and used up. Uh, <laughs> I. I, I I do believe that you know the 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 swimsuit issue. It serves a purpose that once you've seen a real live woman naked, you don't need it anymore. Um, Understandable. But uh, but but I I, I I still know it's there. I know when it's coming out, and I still have some of them here. And, and the the body issue, it, I I think I know what they were going for when they decided to do it. Right. Um. And based on my rougher understanding of. That that them of what I think they wanted to do with it, I, I think the Prince Fielder thing kind of flew in the face of that. Yep, I Be- felt also, but there, but I also felt it opened the the, the Pandora's box of of body shaming. Well, <laughs> see, I body shaming will start another whole old man Larry Mac rant. Right, right, right. But but <laughs> think but think about it, and 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 Jedi, you can agree. Let's let's use let's use a, a an individual that Jedi knows all too well, Fedor. Right. That's all I got to say. The motherfucker looked like he worked behind a deli counter. Yeah. <laughs> but little did you know that he could send your consciousness around this planet and back into your head with the swing of a fist. <laughs> yeah, very true. You know, and, and, and when you guys were talking about it, that, that, that's the weird thing. Because when you want to show that type of a, of, a, of a thing with the body issue, you see it and you're like, oh, you know, this is the, the human body at peak performance. But it's like peak performance for who? You know what I mean? Like, all right, there's the peak performance of a football player. There's the peak performance of a of a baseball player. It's like right. Babe Ruth wasn't exactly chiseled out of fucking granite. Right. <laughs> well, that that was the whole joke behind right. the whole thing is that because you know I was saying that I my picture of baseball players is you know I I see them and there's these giant fat guys out on the mound. Right. And then we see this then this whole thing comes out and there's that Prince Fielder and he's this giant fat guy you know and he, and then then you see Larry Fitzgerald right next to him he's all ripped you know chiseled out of granite. Right. Of course you know different positions and everything. Yeah. But, exactly. You know, if I throw, you know, Jose Reyes, you know, who's a shortstop there and stick him next to the average offensive lineman from football, it's going to be the exact opposite thing. Right. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying because, yeah, I mean, Lord knows 
there are those guys, you know, they're, you know, Jim Brown from football was yep. a bronze statue of a man. Whereas, you know, the greatest baseball player ever, Babe Ruth, was a jello parfait of a man. And, <laughs> That's right. But, but you know, so, I mean, it, it depends on what, you know, if you're a pitcher, you need to be a scrawny pitcher is not going to work as a, you know, starting nope. pitcher because you need the bulk. Um if you're not going to see a you know a cut up wiry home run hitter, nope. But you know the the other side of it is you know you 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 can have you know you can have Uriah Faber be as cut up and ripped up as you want at 150 pounds. That's right. You're not going to put him on your offensive line. Nope. He's going to get knocked into the third row. That's but, but that's exactly it. And and the approach you guys had to that and the passion in that conversation, I I really wanted to acknowledge it in this interview because I felt that you know it it's just like the unspoken rule of that stuff. We've become so so uh, so accustomed to what people are viewing as the peak of performance that you know that's why I, I like Jedi's chuckle when I said Fedor or mm-hmm. you know George Foreman. <laughs> or you right. know what I mean? You could go. You could go down this laundry list of individuals that you look at them and they're the average Joe, but they're elite athletes. And that was something that I really liked that you guys approached because you guys approached it from a, a, an outsider, you know, an outside of the sports world point of view. And I just wanted to say that you guys, you guys killed it with that. Oh, thank you. Every every so often we uh, we almost sound like we know what we're doing. <laughs> Well, well, you know what it is that that conversation, I'm sure that uh, the average person can relate to it because it's like like in my case, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of of Fight Club. I've read the books. I watch the movies. And, you know, there's no bigger picture that stands out to me than when they were on the bus and they look at like the underwear model and they're like, is that what a man's supposed to look like? And and they were like, And, and, and the funny thing is that you guys kind of put that entire turn of, you know, that entire conversation summed up just like that <laughs> that's what it was you know it was like oh you know like that that's what that's what a normal human being looks like you know there's there's larry fitzgerald and then there's you know regular guy <laughs> this regular guy you could still perform well at a, at a right. sport that, and that's the thing is like you know my my whole perspective is like well look at this chubby guy out there you know just he's he's a professional athlete but you know he doesn't look like he's never done anything a day in his life right so yeah it's just i don't know that, that kind of stuff's funny um as far as then putting it on the um on the cover and everything i mean of the body issue i mean whatever you know i'm sure they're, they're trying to they're trying to make a statement and kind of like the plus size model type statement um which is fine i guess but I, I don't know. I, I'm glad that you got all that out of it, Rich, because <laughs> I, I did remember half the conversation. But well, was, no, I did be- to talk about. Well, no, I did, because the way I looked at it was I looked at the parallels of just myself in 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 mm. the everyday world. It's like, you sure. know, I'm a weightlifter. I you know I go to the gym. I like working out. But dude, I'm not I'm not shredded. You know, what I mean, it's like. I, I like functional strength. You know, I don't want to look pretty if I can't pick up a refrigerator in my house. You know, like that's how that's how I always visualized it. And it, and it's just weird that the the misconception of what the ideal athlete looks like is so skewed because of the body's issue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like people look at it like, yeah, that's how. Like you know, they look at like Venus Williams and be like, that's how an athlete's supposed to look. And it's like, yeah, but if you see her in this, you see her outside of this realm that she's not naked. You'd say she, that's a huge bitch. You know, like <laughs> like that's what you'd say. So you know, that's uh, that's why I like the the way you guys broke it down. Like I said, I take I take a lot more out of it just because I look at it. You know, I look at it from a different point of view. Wow, that was cool. I appreciate you bringing that. Yeah, you got you guys crush it, man. Um. 
So to bring everything home, you guys, uh, the last show you guys did was um, July 22nd. Uh, what's your, your programming schedule like now? Are you guys trying to do it every two weeks or weekly just to kind of give the, uh, the audience a feel for when they can get new stuff from you guys? Yeah, the, 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 the plan is always every week. Um, we have been better at that lately than we were for a while. Right. Uh, two weeks ago, Jedi had to go see a uh, movie instead of, you know, discuss <laughs> the biggest sports news in <laughs> Cleveland in four years. Which I thought we had already discussed, but I was wrong. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, the irony is, you know, he uh, it, it, it totally skipped his mind that, you know, LeBron had just said he was coming back to Cleveland. And as it was happening, like right when that that letter came out announcing it, Jedi texted me <laughs> to say, you know, hey, you know, he, he, we texted back and forth a couple times. And somehow, you know, that, that was on that Friday. By the following Tuesday, he had forgotten it happened. Or <laughs> Dude, I thought we had talked a week before. Because we talked about it so much the week before, as <laughs> they, like if it had happened. And then I, yeah, I got my yeah. days mixed up. Well, that's so, what happened. Um, LeBron LeBron bring comes home but he leaves his hairline in Miami. I, it's understandable. <laughs> All right. I understand. But you, you know, you got you guys are so you guys are trying to go weekly. Yeah, um we yeah, we we uh we, we record, you know, every Tuesday night um uh, or most Tuesday nights uh in a perfect world. I'm writing all this down to make sure it goes in the notes. <laughs> in a perfect world, I get it posted like Wednesday night. Okay. Um, because, you know, I don't have your budget for live stuff. That's yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> um, you laugh. Boy, do you, boy, would you love to, no, I'll, I'll tell you after we wrap up. <laughs> in, in real life, uh, it's usually up Thursday or Friday though. Uh, okay. just, you know, because, um, and yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the, the website clevelandsportsradio.net it's there it serves mostly as a holding place for the shows i you know Got people it. can check out the past shows um i i am beginning the process of redesigning it into something more functional okay um but i am a slow foot dragon bastard so all right i'm not even going to pretend it's going to happen anytime soon okay uh, so uh the, the facebook uh every so you know that's what i was going to ask you next how 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 big is social media now for you guys now that you know it's kind of picked up steam yeah, over the, the last the, few years? Yeah, the, the Facebook has been picking up. We we still only have you know like like maybe a couple hundred likes, but it's becoming the the people that are there are more active. And uh, it, it was like you know we you know Kevin and Don and I and then Jedi initially put it out to our friends. They all liked it, and then that was how many people liked it, <laughs> and that was the number it stayed at forever. And now. Uh, I, I don't know if it's from, you know, because we're putting shows out more frequently and, you know, those are getting spread to our friends. But the, the likes are starting to trickle in slowly. Um, people are starting to talk about stuff uh, on the page a bit. So it's getting there. Um, are you guys syndicating? In other words, uh, besides your distribution on iTunes, are you have you gone into Stitcher or anything else yet? Or is it strictly iTunes? Uh, no, it, it, we're, we're, uh, we're through Li- Libsyn. Right. And then no, I uh, th- th- that that's on my. We need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's on my list of things to do when I get off my ass. Gotcha. All right, so just to um to recap, you guys are doing the shows once a week with uh, anticipated Tuesday night recording, uh, Wednesday editing for release Thursday or Friday once a week. Yep. And um, ClevelandSportsRadio.net. And also Cleveland Sports Radio on Facebook. You guys aren't running Twitter anymore, right? No. Okay. Currently not. Yeah. 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 Us old people don't Twitter. 
<laughs> makes makes sense. Um, are you also still working also on VGN at the same time? Because I know it kind of fluctuates the schedule for yeah. you guys. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still on VGN every week except uh, this past week because uh, show was not aired. Yeah, uh, Don got stuck at work and then I <laughs> stuck without electricity. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes, you, you know, you know why there was no show is because that was the one I was supposed to be on. And, and rather than just kick me off to prove my point, Kevin just decided to pretend like the whole show was canceled. Oh, jeez. And, and it was really funny because um, you know we, we do VGN on Sundays, and Sunday was my daughter's uh, birthday. Yep. And I was uh, I was literally pulling my phone out of my pocket. To text Kevin, hey, I'm running a little bit late, and I see new text, and it's Kevin saying no show tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, but to 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 wrap things up, I got I got to say, you know, you guys, uh, Kevin and and all you guys have all had a had a big influence on you know MTR coming to where it's been. Um, Larry, you know, you being you being part of the team, you know, your contributions are extremely appreciated. And, um, you know, I made a, a, a great friend out of Jedi. So, you know, I'm grateful to the VGM brand to, me, to meet all of you guys. So, you know, not to not to be all sad and shit, but I definitely wanted to put that out there. Ellen Collie. Yeah. yeah. But, but bust out the green day now. No, I mean, Kevin and I have talked about it and uh, Kevin has you know mentioned it on many occasions uh, whenever we hit those lulls and he feels he has to, like, motivate people to do the show. Um, you know, it. it I wasn't there at the very beginning. The show's been going 10 years. I've been there for probably seven, I think. Right. Um, and I, I, I think I can speak for everybody when I say we're shocked that people have been listening to us this long um, because we ran out of shit to say five years ago. <laughs> uh, but but I, speaking for myself, um, the, uh, the, the support that you have shown VGN amazes me because it's one thing to say you heard us doing it and you know that inspired you or whatever the way i see it it's like you heard us doing it and you're like i can do it way better than that <laughs> um no it was that it, it never was that on the, con- on the contrary you, it was it was just you know uh wood needed a match you know yeah. be, be, because you know I, kevin and i have discussed on many occasions you specifically it's like you know if any of us were half as you know motivated as rich the show could be great Okay, let's go get something pizza. <laughs> nah, man, you you guys you guys are are, are pioneers in this, and it, you know your your contributions are 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 well documented. I mean, even even Jedi, you know, as long as I've been friends with Jedi, I've seen Jedi, uh, you know, dig into doing radio stuff, you know, with, with with his church and doing other stuff, and I know part of that he he can equate to his own experiences with you guys and just learning the ins and outs you know so there's a there, oh, yeah. there's a unique 100%. there's a unique synergy there you know it's it, and you know for for most of the people that are listening it's a lot of inside stuff but we all took different things away over the course of these you know last couple of years absolutely 100 percent. and um i owe a lot to vgn in terms of just um um my i don't know I've, I've had i mean you can attest rich i mean there's been so many times where i've just i've literally been in tears from so many of the the, the funny things that have happened oh, yeah. um, through, through the show and you know putting together the tribute shows even though i've, I've <laughs> been really stalling on this last one if i do another one um it's still that that's always a lot of fun because it gives me a chance to go back and listen and and uh, guys like you um i mean i 
going out to Comic Con uh, a couple of years ago, even though I went out there for a wedding, if it wasn't for VGN, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had anybody to go with. I mean, I've literally just been out there by myself. But I got people who I consider friends in Cleveland. Uh, you, Rich, who I consider a friend out in New York. It, it's That's just right. it's that it's that small um, sort of little little group of people who's been around for 10 years um, since podcasting was first a thing. That's right. Um, and, that's, and that's something that nobody can take away. You know, now podcasting, everybody has a podcast, but you can sit there and say, you know what, I was listening to this back when the very, the only video game show was VGN. And that's really the only reason I found it because it was the only gaming show <laughs> and I just latched onto it. And then here we are, you know, 10 years later. There you go. Well, that, that that brings everything home. Uh, just to wrap things up, ClevelandSportsRadio.net is the official site. You can find their RSS feed as well as their iTunes links there. You can also find them on Facebook. We'll make sure to put links to that in the interview notes. As always, you can link up with Larry Mack on the Cleveland Sports Radio page as well as Jedi. They also pop into our My Take Radio Facebook fan page and share their wisdom there. And of course, Larry Mack uh, shares his comic reviews on MyTakeRadio.com, but he also does a pretty kick-ass film blog, which I like to read. He he reviews a lot of obscure, crazy shit. Um, (laughs) So definitely check that out. We'll put those um, links in the show notes. So with that, uh, Jedi, Larry Mack, thank you for taking us behind the mic of Cleveland Sports Radio. Thanks for having us, man. All right, buddies. You've just heard My Take Radio behind the mic with Larry Mack and Jedi from Cleveland Sports Radio. To find out more about Cleveland Sports Radio, you can check them out at clevelandsportsradio.net. You can also find them on Facebook, and links for that will be included in the interview notes. You can listen to live episodes of My Take Radio every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, by heading over to mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv. You can also find archived episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and on RageWorks.net. Thanks for listening.